The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. Uh, if you're on any of my Facebook uh, pages, as well as maybe the Global Tile Posse, Tile Geeks, uh, some of the other Facebook forums or whatever, I posted a, a, um, a I guess you'd call it a promo today, you know, stating that we're going to talk about shower failures, which I'm going to. But before we get there, kind of an interesting question came up, or I should say a question that I asked myself, and this happened to be on a inspection that I did a couple of weeks ago in an 800-room hotel where we had some issues with some showers. And as I'm doing this particular research, I found out how these showers were constructed, how they were built, and I'll get into the actual problem here in a minute. But I looked at the website of where these well, I don't want to give the give the give it away here, but I looked at a website, and um, the question came up: Will tile setters ever be replaced by robots? And I got thinking about that for a while, and I'm thinking, well, you know, it's a long way off, right? I mean, who is going to go into a home and have a robot actually construct a shower, set the tile, you know, do all the waterproofing, et cetera, et cetera? And lo and behold, folks, and I know you tile guys out there are going to hate me for this, it's already being done. And let me back up and explain how I came to know this and where the future may be bringing us. Now, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, so I don't think you guys have to worry about, you know, losing your, your tile setting business, but generations ahead of you, and it might be the next generation, uh, may be worried. They may be looking at doing something entirely different. So let, let me explain and let me let me tell you what I discovered and what I what I found out. I got called in to look at 800 showers in a hotel that were all set with white Carrara, white Carrara walls. Uh, it had a limestone floor outside the shower, and it had a white mosaic. Now, those of you that have listened to the show in the past know that uh, a good friend of mine, Pasha, has done a lot of research on using white mosaics. And we have a similar problem here. We have, uh, we have staining. We have, we have you know, oxidation uh, of iron in this white Carrara, and that obviously is, is due to moisture. So we know that's what the problem is, but here's where the robot issue came up. Will, will you guys, you tile guys out there, ever be replaced by a robot? So as I'm digging into this particular project, I'm asking the typical questions. You know, how was this constructed? What materials were used? You know, et cetera, et cetera. It's the whole list of questions that we go over in my inspection class. And then I found out something interesting. 
I found out that all these showers, and not only the showers, but the entire bathroom, toilet, sink, vanity, shower, is what we call a pod. And those of you familiar with pods, or more you're familiar with the moving pods, uh, and I'm sure some of you are familiar with modular homes. Well, here's all these bathrooms in this hotel, 800 of, 800 of them were all built off-site. I mean, the entire bathroom, the flooring, the shower units, uh, the vanity tops, the toilet, everything is built in one unit called a pod. And it's all constructed with, with quality materials. I, I actually checked their website out, and I'm not going to mention the website on the air here, but if you're interested in uh, looking at some of the videos on this particular website, that and there's more than one company that does this, um, I checked out their, their videos and I watched how these pods are all constructed. So anyway, the, the pods, uh, I'll get to that in a second. These pods are all built off site and completely ready to install. And all they do is they bring them in with a crane. They set them into the building. They hook up the plumbing, they hook up the electricity and it's good to go. Um, now what brought me to the question of, will you be replaced by robots was actually going into the factory and seeing them build these pods. And they were all done with CNC machines, all done robotically. The setting of the tiles, the setting of the, all the waterproofing, everything was done robotically. And it got me thinking, will this ever transfer to on-site work? And, and I'm saying, well, you know, not really, because, you know, on-site work, as you guys know, are entirely uh, entirely different. We're not talking about a pod that's being in set. In set. Then I'm watching the news here in, in Florida uh, last week, and the news comes on, and they're building homes, complete homes with 3D printing. And they, they just showed this quick video of how this, three, this humongous, the world's largest 3D printing is building this home. And I'm like, holy crap. I said, you know, it may come a point in time, probably not in my lifetime, or, or even if you have some young guys out there listening, probably not in your lifetime, where actual tile setting is going to be replaced uh, by robots, uh, by CNC machinery, by ro robotics, uh, and you know, no, no longer any any tile setting labor. You know, we already know about mud and how that's you know somewhat of a dying art, uh, and. Uh, play and that's you know everybody's doing that and uh it, it, it's just interesting so if anybody's ever worked with these modular units these modular pod units or have come across them uh give me a call you know let me know send me an email f houston f h u e s t o n at gmail.com or if you want to call in a show and and discuss it if you're listening live it's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight that's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight well until that time comes until we're all replaced by robots and we're living in a jetson age uh we have other issues to deal with uh when it comes to shower installations and as most of you know i'm an inspector i you know i make my living doing uh inspections and i would probably say that if you were to ask me what's the most failures i see on a regular basis it has to be shower failures and, you know, it, and it's, it, it, there's many, many reasons, and we're going to go over some of those failures and some of the stories I have with, with some of these failures. Um, let's first start with 
the one we looked at with these module units uh, had nothing to do with the way it was installed. Obviously, they were built off-site. They used all waterproofing uh, materials, backing materials, really, really well constructed, believe it or not. And again, send me an email and I'll send you the link to this to this website, which will show you exactly how they're doing. So I knew it wasn't a failure issue. I knew it wasn't a waterproofing issue. It was more of a stone selection issue. Now, I'm going to create some other haters out there when I say this, and I've seen enough of these failures or staining issues in, in, uh, with white Carrera showers that uh, if anybody asks me, you know, should I put white Carrera, white marble in a shower, I'm going to say avoid it at all costs. Now, obviously, there's ways of doing it. Uh, Pasha published an article in, in Tile Letter. Uh, it's on his website as well. Uh, I can send you a copy or direct you to him, which uses what we call the epoxy method, which will reduce some of that. But here's the issue. The issue is these white stones, these white marbles contain iron. And even if they're sealed properly, even if they're, you know, you're using epoxy grout, epoxy setting materials, you seal the hell out of them. What happens, and I wrote an article on this, is you get vapor that can actually move into the stone. Now, if that vapor can escape quickly, you might not have a problem. But if it's a steam shower, if it's a shower that's constantly wet, used constantly, that iron in that stone is going to continue to oxidize and it's going to continue to rust. And that's what I saw in these particular uh, modular units with these uh, this 800-room hotel. And it was every single room. And here's the, here's the, the, the clincher, if you will. Uh, it wasn't that old. This hotel was probably less than a year old. It's already starting to show signs of rusting. Now, I haven't found out what type of setting material they used or any of that stuff yet. And, you know, we'll, I'll get into that once I, I delve into doing the destructive test, which is what I'm going to do next. But uh, that's just one of the many, many failures I see. And I see this constantly with white marbles. Um, you know, if you guys have, a, have an interesting story, or an interesting, you know, shower failure, and you're listening live, uh, call in 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. And uh, uh, if not, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of the other failures I have with traditional, uh, traditional showers, not the not the module uh, modules showers. Um, uh, first failure I've seen, and I've seen this several times, and, and let me explain what I saw and how I discovered this particular failure. Uh, I was called in to look at a large granite shower, and this shower was installed with slabs, and not just tiles, but actual granite slabs. And if you can imagine walking into a shower, and you have the back wall, you have the side, the two side walls, and the one wall being where the fixtures are, and there were two panels per wall. So you can imagine these very large granite slabs, two panels, one on the bottom, one on the top for the shower. Everything was perfect in the shower. The back wall was fine. The side wall was fine. It had a window around it, and that was fine. However, when it came to the fixture side, again, two panels, the panel on top was perfectly fine, but the panel below was all spalled and pitted just on that panel, and none of that carried over to, to the other panels. And this happened to be a, a homeowner, and I was talking to her, and I was kind of scratching my head trying to figure out why just that panel. 
And I, I did some moisture testing, you know, some of the other testing that I do. And I made the comment. I said, you know, I wish I wish I had photographs of what this looked like during construction so I could see what they did. And lo and behold, the, the homeowner said, well, I took pictures when they were installing uh, this particular shower. Let me go grab the book. And lo and behold, what I saw was there was in that one section that was pitting was standard drywall. Everywhere else had, you know, uh, had a wonder board or masonite of some kind. Uh, but that one section, they put drywall up. And I'm assuming what probably happened is they, they, they shorted themselves on that material. And, of course, you all know that's a no-no when it comes to installing uh, in, in a wet area, especially a shower. You do not use drywall. Drywall contains gypsum. And those, when that becomes wet, that gypsum will develop salts within the stone and you end up with a pitting. So lo and behold, I was able to see that. And I've seen that in several other uh, failures uh, across my career, uh, including a very, very large hotel I walked, I, I worked on uh, in Vegas. I won't mention it, but uh, uh, I walked in, I was doing an inspection as they were constructing this hotel and they were, there were spots in, in these showers. These are commercial hotel rooms where they were using drywall in certain sections because they didn't have enough uh, of the other material. So it's like, uh, you know, it, it's crazy. And then these are professionals and, you know, not supposed, supposed to do that. Um, why we're talking backer board, uh, another failure that I've seen uh, quite, quite a number of times is uh, screws rusting, you know, screws rusting uh, and going through, uh, and, and actually staining. I actually got some photographs not too long ago of this particular shower. Again, white Carrara, but it had nothing to do with the white Carrara rusting. With the, what was you saw these dots that were that were almost every every six inches there was a dot, and it was almost you know like a perfect uh, a perfect grid pattern. And lo and behold, when the destructive test was done, we found screws that were used uh, that were actually rusting. Because remember, even and I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this several times. Even if you seal it with a really good impregnator, vapor can still get in there. Remember, these sealers are breathable. They're vapor permeable. So if you get any kind of hot water, you create a vapor. It's going to penetrate through the sealer. It'll condense once the temperature drops, and it'll form water, and it cannot escape, and it'll just sit in there and fester. In this case, with the screws, it actually reached to where the screw is, started oxidizing the screw head, rusting, and, of course, the rust ended up bleeding, uh, ble bleeding through. Another major problem, and I'm sure you guys have seen this in doing some of the renovation work that you have done, and that is waterproofing. Waterproofing not installed properly. And uh, I could spend an entire show just talking about, about waterproofing and a lot of the mistakes of waterproofing. As, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen with especially the, the, the liquid applied, the, the fluid applied membranes is not using a thickness gauge. You know, all your manufacturers will, will provide you with a thick, thickness gauge. And it's surprising how many guys that I know that use, you know, roll-on liquid-type waterproofing that when you mention the word thickness gauge, they have no idea what you're talking about. You know, there's a reason that you have to apply that material at a certain thickness, and that's where the thickness gauge goes in. So if you guys don't know what that is, look it up. Uh, you know, go to your uh, manufacturers like Laticrete, Mape, Noble Seal. You know those guys. They they will tell you all about uh, 
the thickness gauges. So that's one of the things that, I, that I've seen constantly. Of course, on the, the membranes, the actual sheet membranes, all kinds of issues there, uh, not going totally over the curb, puncturing it. I've seen people nail and staple the waterproofing membrane. Uh, it just it, It's incredible some of the mistakes that are made. And unfortunately, and this is something I'm hoping that, you know, NTCA and some of the other organizations are, are trying to do, and they are doing it by certifying, by certifying people, is that you know, these, these, there's guys out there, these hacks out there that are doing these showers, and it's just, it's incredible. You know, I'm sure you guys saw the, uh, the video in Colorado there where uh, that guy went in there with a the sledgehammer that my good friend Jason, uh, you know, went and uh, him and uh, Artex and all those guys went and uh, uh, repaired that. But, I mean, that, that shower was a disaster. You know, here they paid this guy good money to do the shower, regardless of whether he uh, took a sledgehammer to it. But then taking that sledgehammer to it was probably a blessing in disguise because uh, she would have ended up with problems with that shower, uh, just the way it was constructed and all the issues that were that were uh, an issue there. So, and, and I believe Jason has got some videos up in Global Tile Posse on Facebook page. So, uh, just simply go in there and look up Global Global's Tile Tile Posse. Uh, uh, let's see, not doing a flood test. That's another one I see all the time. I can't believe how many guys do not do a flood test on their, 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 their shower pants. Um, it, it's crazy. You know, they just assume everything is watertight and then you get a call. I'll give you a great example. I had a, I had a call one day from an insurance company that had a, a white marble, again, a white marble floor, a white marble floor that was all oxidizing and rusting. And this was in the living room. And I walked in and I'm looking at it. I take my moisture meter and there's, it's, all, it's soaking wet. It's oxidized. It's rusted to hell and back. And I take a look at it and I can't figure out where the water's coming from. And I noticed there, it was right up against the wall. And I asked the homeowner, I said, what's on the other side of the wall? She said, well, that's my bathroom. So lo and behold, I go in there. I look at the bathroom and guess what? Shower pan was leaking. It was leaking and penetrating into the into the floor and seeping into the living room and bingo uh it the the marble started to rust and and stain so you know guys flood test flood test i mean that's why you have standards that's why you have guidelines you know make make sure you do that um another big problem we we see this a lot is clogged weep holes if you're using that type of system where you have weep holes in your drain it's surprising how many times not only will the weep holes become clogged, you know, just from soap and hair and, and everything else that you, you would have in a shower, but I've seen guys install these showers where they actually block the weep holes when they install it. And, you know, remember what those weep holes are designed to do. They're designed to, from water to drain out of the setting bed into the drain. If they're blocked, it can't. It can't go anywhere. So what happens? As it migrates up into the into stone, if it's a stone uh, shower pan, a shower floor, and uh, it ends up darkening and ends up staining, and you have a real real problem. So, you know, for your restoration guys out there, you know, one of the first things that I that, that I would suggest you do is when you get into that situation where someone has some staining issues in their shower uh, shower floor, is to remove that drain drain cover and take a look and see if the weep holes are clogged. And you can actually take a, an awl and bend it and 
snap-on actually makes this really cool tool that has a little bend to it where you can go in there and, and poke and uh, actually clean those those weep holes out. So that's something you might want you might want to consider. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, let me give the phone number out one more time. Again, if someone is listening live and there's a podcast here and you have an interesting failure story or a question uh, when it comes to showers, uh, give us a call, 323-870-3968, 323 323- Eight seven zero three nine six eight, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right. It's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. Alrighty, folks, we're, we're talking about shower failures and some of the shower failures that I've, I've seen over the years. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, it's probably the most inspections that I do and the most calls I get from insurance companies, homeowners, uh, hotels, whatever, and that is failures in showers. Um, I get a lot of them in hotels, as I had mentioned, uh, quite a few out in Vegas uh, a number of years ago I, I was involved with. A uh, big casino up in New York State had an issue. Uh, this recent one, 800-room hotel, is going to be 800 rooms replaced. And those those are module units. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether they're going to um, replace that with another modular unit or whether they're going to try to just tile uh, those particular areas. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on uh, on what's happening what's happening there. So again, the number, if you're listening live, it's 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. If you're listening on the podcast after this airs live uh, and you still have a comment, send me an email, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. I'm always interested in you know, any kind of failure that, that you would have, stories that you would like to share, and, and even photographs. Uh, photographs would, would be great. And it's, it's amazing what I've seen over my 30-plus years in this, in this industry. Okay, <clears throat> we were talking about shower pans, and uh, one of the other things I've seen uh, quite, quite, quite often is the shower pan not sloping properly. And, you know, I usually bring a big level with me on, on a job. If I don't have a level with me, I'll take a, a golf ball, or marble and see which way it's going to roll and see if there's there's slope on that on that shower floor uh, because that can be an issue if you have water setting there there whatever all right now i'm going to get into one of my biggest pet peeves that i see all the time and this isn't I, i guess you could consider it a failure but it's not a catastrophic failure it's not a or could be i guess but it's not a failure that that would lead to replacing uh, replacing a shower, for example, but I, I see this constantly. And this, I, I see this with experienced guys. And that is in every corner where you have a change of plane. In other words, where a wall meets another wall at a right angle, where the floor meets the wall, etc. They use a hard joint. They grout it. 
And remember, anytime you have a change in plane, you should be using a flexible caulk, you know, using a silicone preferably in, in those particular areas because those are going to move. I don't care how well that shower is built, you're going to have movement. Anytime there's a change in plane, you know, wall to wall, floor to wall should be a soft joint. And uh, another mistake that's that's often made with these shower uh, floors, especially, is not leaving enough room for expansion on the floor. You know, you basically want to, uh, you know, leave enough expansion around the perimeter of that, that shower. Um, you need some backer rod, silicone it in really, really good. And what that'll do is it'll give you the flexibility. So anytime you have a change in plane, you're going to have an issue with movement. And that if you use a hard joint, like if you're grouting the entire tile or stone installation, it's going to move and it's going to crack. And I see that brand new showers. I see that constantly. And that's the first thing I look at when I go into a shower. I look at the corners. And if, if I see hard grout in there, I'm like, I just shake my head and say, when are people going to learn? All right. The next failure that I see, and I see this constantly, not only with showers, but with floors, but especially in showers, and that is spot bonding. Spot bonding, guys, is not a recognizable installation method. There's nowhere in the NTCA, uh, TCNA uh, book, is nowhere in any of the standards that say spotting, spotting is accepted. Well, I take that back. There is one exception, and I believe that exception is with epoxy. But for the most part, spot bonding is not recommended. It's not to be used. You have all kinds of issues with spot bonding. Not only do you have possible bonding issues if the right setting water is not used, you have areas, because you're dealing with a wet area, uh, where moisture can get in there. Mold and mildew can get in, get in there. Uh, cracked tiles can occur. So um, I, I can't tell you how many times uh, that's an issue. Now, how can you tell if a tile shower wall, or any wall for that matter, is spot bonding, spot bonded without tearing it apart. I teach this in my class uh, that, that I'm getting ready to do here in Vegas next month, which is full, by the way. Um, and that is we use infrared photography. And I go into a, a, a little example of how that works. I bring my camera with me and uh, take a look at some photographs of uh, how you can tell uh, whether a particular shower wall is spot bonded without destroying the shower. In other words, without doing a, um, a destructive test. All right, next on my list I've already talked about, and that's the wrong tile. Uh, I know I beat the white marble issue to death, and I would not recommend that in a shower. Uh, I know people are going to want it. Uh, there's another type of stone that I, 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 uh, I'm i going to get a lot of haters on this. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm just expressing my opinion here, and that is limestone. Limestone, not all limestones, but a good majority of limestones. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen a limestone shower could be perfectly installed, everything done right, and it starts to deteriorate. Limestone does not like water. Uh, it does not like hard water. It does not like salt. And it, it, I've seen them powder. I've seen them flake. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So, you know, if you have anything to do with, you know, an installation and your customer is looking at a particular material, uh, you know, discuss that with them, you know, tell them, well, you know, this particular material I really don't recommend and here's why, because I've seen problems with it. If you're unsure, give me a call. I'll tell you whether that material is appropriate for a wet area or not, because unfortunately, a lot of materials out there are not appropriate for, for wet, wet areas. 
another issue that I recently looked at was on glass tile, but this can occur on just about any kind of tile, but glass tile particularly. Uh, there's two issues with, with glass tile. The first issue being over tightening fixtures, uh, whether that be the hardware for the glass door, whether that be the, you know, the plumbing fixtures or whatever, it's very easy to crack glass tile uh, using that particular over tightening. Another problem I've seen constantly with glass tile is the type of setting material that's used can cause it to crack. Now, how does that occur? Well, remember, a lot of your setting materials are nothing more than Portland cement with some additive, latex, acrylics, you know, whatever is in there. Uh, some of them, if they're not designed for glass, will have a tendency to shrink a little bit. So you can imagine that if you set a glass tile, which is very fragile anyway, and the thin set begins to dry and it shrinks ever so slightly and there's a good bond there, it will actually crack the tile. And you will see that there's actually some patterns to it. You'll see tiles that will be cracked right, you know, why is it cracked there? You're saying to yourself, it's right in the middle of the, of the wall and it's, it's cracked, but none of the other tiles are cracked around it or there's, they're random or, or whatever. You may want to check that and ask, you know, what type of setting material uh, was used. Uh, so we talked about wrong setting materials. Um, you know, one of the things I've seen guys do, and, you know, you really have to know what you're doing in order to do this, and that's mixing systems. You know, using somebody's, uh, you know, thin set material with someone else's waterproofing material or someone else's grout. And, you know, if you know what you're doing, that's fine. Uh, but if you're, you know, you're doing this for the first time, uh, you may want to stick to one manufacturer, whatever manufacturer that, that you choose. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, and, and another problem that comes up with, with mixing systems like that is warranty issues. You know, you may have someone come in, let's say you're having a, an issue with the grout falling apart and a grout guy comes in and says, well, you know, you didn't use our thin set or, you know, you didn't use this, you didn't use that. They could actually back out of the, uh, back out of, out of the, out of the war warranty or whatever. All right. Uh, another issue that I see a lot of, and uh, that is mold and mildew. And I, I know I've, I've done some shows where, you know, we've talked about mold and mildew a lot. And uh, this usually occurs just real quickly. Mold and mildew will only grow under certain conditions. And those conditions will be moisture, which obviously you can have in a, in a shower situation. But you need a food source, you know, need an organic material. So if the wrong setting material is used, if it happens to get into some wood, that's your organic source. If a mastic is used, uh, most of your mastics, not all of them, are organic-based, and that's going to give mold and mildew a, um, a you know, a, 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 a food, if you will, or something for them to grow on. So, I mean, that's an issue. So, you know, in conclusion, you know, like as I said, sh shower failures are a biggie. Uh, those of you looking at to get into the inspection business, I would highly recommend you take my course. We get into that in quite quite a, a lot of detail, because I would say if someone asked me if you know what's the most failures I see on a regular basis, I'm, I have to say it's shower failures. Uh, of course, we have flooring failures. I have cladding failures. I have everything else like that, but uh, shower failures uh, tend to be tend, tend to be the number one. Alrighty, folks. I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, anybody that uh, wants to be interviewed on the show, feel free to give me a call. Uh, my cell phone number is three two one five one four six eight four five. My email is f houston. That's f h u e s t o n at g mail.com 
And I hope everybody's uh, feeling good. They're recovering from coronavirus or hopefully not getting the coronavirus. So uh, thanks for listening. Keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, and fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Are you tired of lugging dozens of stain removal chemicals around to remove stains from stone, tile, or concrete? Did you know you only need three chemicals to remove almost any stain, from organic stains to inorganic stains? Dr. Fred's Ultimate Stain Removal Kit is all you need. The kit contains three reagents and includes a detailed ebook on how to remove almost any stain. So if you're trying to remove difficult ink or rust or simply coffee and other food stains, this kit is all you need. To order, contact Dr. Fred at 321-514-6845. One kit is $69.95 plus shipping.